Good morning, Grace. Thanks for joining us this morning. Glad that you are here and that you are tuning in. Um, as a way of starting this portion of the service, I just asked Meg if she would share a reciting of Psalm 103. This is one of the psalms that she has memorized, a psalm that she leans into uh, when she's feeling unsettled. And so uh, this is Meg uh, reciting Psalm 103. Psalm 103, a psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul. With all that is in me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases, who redeems our life from the pit and crowns us with love and compassion, who satisfies our desires with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us for our iniquity. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower in the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from generation to generation, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his commands. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his, bid his bidding, who obey his word. Bless the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Thanks, Meg. Hey, I want you to grab your Bibles and I want you to open to Psalm 103. And even though Meg just read it for us or, or recited it for us, I want you to have your Bibles open because I want you to see this incredible prophetic attitude altering Psalm. And as you're looking, I just want to share a little bit of a story. Uh, when we knew that it was going to be a communion Sunday, I began to kind of search the Psalms for the perfect communion Psalm. And, I, and to be honest with you, as I looked, I began to get a little bit frustrated. Uh, what Psalm should I choose? How should I do this? And, and, and in my frustration, I just finally said, well, I'm just going to go back to the Psalm that we had originally chosen. And that was Psalm 103. And so I began to study the psalm, and, and one of the very first things I read as I'm getting ready to, to, to use this psalm is the words of Charles Spurgeon when he says, How often have the saints sung this psalm in the days when they're celebrating the Lord's table? It was just a kind of a reminder to me that God is uh, up to something good. God is planning our steps, and even though I didn't know uh, when I chose 103 and it was going to be a communion Sunday that they were going to go together, I just love the fact that, in, that they do and that it's such a good psalm for us. Psalm 103 opens in verse 1 with this familiar refrain, and it's a line that we've sung in at Grace. Uh, it's been sung in hymns for many years. Uh, we're going to sing it later in the service. Um, but I wonder, as we think about this psalm, do we really know 
what this opening refrain means. And, and just as importantly, are we living it out in our day-to-day lives? It opens with these words. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. We're going to talk about what it means to bless the Lord. But before I do that, I just want to point out a reoccurring theme in the Psalms. And, and I've been seeing this as I've been doing the, the plus 30 plan, this, this idea of reading through uh, the Psalms every month and you read whatever the day's date is and you add 30, read that Psalm. So uh, if the, the date's the 10th, you'd read Psalm 10, Psalm 40, uh, Psalm uh 70 and so on. So it's just a great way to read through the Psalms. But as I've been doing it, I've been noticing this theme of, of all, like he said, what does he say in this? He says, all that is within me. So we, we see that, or we see with my whole heart, I will praise the Lord. And it's just reminded me of the, the scriptures that tell us that we are to love God with all of our heart, with, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. There is this, this calling throughout the Psalms, this calling throughout the scripture that God wants everything. He wants it all. He, and, and the truth is, we're pretty self-deceived when we think we can give God some of what we have on, on Sunday, but go back to our normal life on Monday through Saturday. That, that God's not interested in that. What he wants is he wants our entire being. He wants everything about us. So David writes, bless the Lord, O my soul, with all that is within me, everything I have, bless his name. But what does it mean to bless the Lord? Excuse me. Well, I think the easiest way to answer that question is, is what does it mean to bless your friend? How do you, what do you do that blesses your friends? If you want to bless somebody, you could go to their house and, and help them out. You could work alongside them, helping them to get a, a project done and, and working with them. A few months ago, a bunch of people showed up and they helped build the stage that's in the parking lot. And then a, a bunch of them came back and helped me move a lot of dirt. And, and to be honest with you, all of that help, it, it blessed me, right? When you help someone, you bless them. When you acknowledge something that, that someone has done, when you acknowledge it in front of other people, that's, that's a way of honoring them and blessing them. I talked a lot about honor last week, but it's a way of blessing. When I see you doing something well and I recognize that in front of other people, it's a huge blessing. When we, when we see people for who they really are, when we recognize their uniqueness and their, their beauty as God's creation and we, we, we mention that to them, it, it blesses them, right? When we recognize the hard work that somebody's done, it blesses them. So we understand this idea of blessing when it comes to our vertical relationships, but what about horizontal? The same is true. It's the same way with God. When we, if we want to bless God, then we need to work alongside, do work with God. God is already up to good work and we need to join him in the good work that he's already doing. When we want to bless God, we recognize his grandeur, his beauty, his handiwork, his, his, his creation. When you look at creation and you are in awe of creation and you give God credit, that blesses God. Praising God and blessing God. When we sing songs of God's majesty, that blesses God. And this is a major theme of the Psalms, that we are to bless God. We see Psalm 100, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise, give thanks to him, bless his name. 
Psalm 96, sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation for day to day, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the people, bless his name. This is the blessing that comes when we worship, when we joyfully announce all that God is and all that he has done. Psalm 104 says, bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are so great. You have clothed with splendor and majesty. Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord when at all times his praise is continually on my mouth. Psalm 145, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you. And praise your name forever and ever. My mouth will speak of the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever. When we sing, when we come alongside and work in the, in the work that God is doing, when we share God with other people, when we talk about God's grandeur to other people, it blesses God. And David says that we are to bless the Lord, oh my soul. It's that, that self-talking. And he says to his own inner being, I am going to bless the Lord. My soul is going to bless the Lord. Everything within me is going to bless the Lord. Bless his holy name. Let your conscience bless the Lord. Let your decisions bless the Lord. Let your attitudes bless the Lord. Let your bank account bless the Lord. Let your affections bless the Lord. Let your hobbies bless the Lord. Let your vacations bless the Lord. Let your integrity bless the Lord. Let every word that proceeds from your mouth bless the Lord with all that is within me, not just some, but everything you have. I wonder what would happen if we started every day with a fairly simple prayer, not simple to do, but a simple prayer to remember, Lord, may all that I do, all that I say, all that I think, may all that I am bless you today. I will bless the Lord with all that is within me. Imagine how that one prayer as we start each day could change our lives, could change our families, could change our communities, and in fact, could change the world. Now, the rest of Psalm 103 is a, I would call it a priming of the pump. If you're asking yourself, how do I bless the Lord? How do I get myself into this frame of mind to bless the Lord? The rest of the Psalm is the priming of the pump. It's getting the waters of blessing flowing through us. And the fact is we need to prime the pump. If we're expected uh, to do this with all that is within us and we prime the pump of blessing by remembering over and over in the scriptures, the people of God were told to be intentional, that they had to be intentional about remembering. That's why they had all those festivals. They would come over and over to the, back to Jerusalem and they would celebrate the festivals to remember all that God has done. I say this all the time, but the truth is without simple reminders, we forget essential truth. Without simple reminders, we forget essential truth. So in verse 2, David writes these words. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The fact is, if we're not intentional, we forget. We forget all God's benefits. We forget all that he's done for us. We forget and we become self-reliant. We turn away from God instead of blessing him. And then David lists exactly what those benefits are. And verse three says, who forgives all of our iniquity. Total forgiveness is one of the benefits. 
You know that God knows everything you've ever said. He knows everything you've ever done. He knows every mistake he's ever made, and he loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son to pay the price on the cross for you. And the scripture is so clear. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. One of the benefits that God gives is that he forgives all of our iniquities. When you put your faith in Jesus, you're forgiven. All of your iniquities are forgiven. This is a liberating truth. We remember all his benefits. We remember the forgiveness and we remember healing. Verse three, who heals all of our diseases. Some translations say infirmities. And there's no doubt when you look at the the language that's used and what the writer is saying, he's talking about our physical and our emotional sickness. God promises to heal. God promises to bring healing. Our physical and our emotional health are so intertwined that we cannot and we should not try to entangle them. People have bitterness and anger and unforgiveness and anxiety and depression. And they they cause physical ailments in their body. Addictions take a physical toll. Eating disorder rooted in in a person's spiritual well-being. The spiritual and physical well-being are so intertwined. And my point is that the promise of Psalm 103 is that God is the healer. And he desires to heal all of your infirmities. And this starts with your spiritual and your emotional health. We remember all of his benefits. We remember his forgiveness. We remember his healing. And we remember his salvation. It says, who redeems, in verse 4, who redeems our life from the pit. The fact is, we do not do the, this verse in the concept of salvation any justice when we make it about some sort of insurance plan, a way for us to get to heaven someday. The salvation that we experience is today. It's immediate. He pulls us out of our destructive behavior. He pulls us out of our, our selfish ways. As we saw in Psalm 1, it says he plants us where we can prosper, where we can be fruitful. When I think about who I was, when I was living with so many destructive behaviors and the pain that I was inflicting on Meg and my kids before I was walking with Jesus and just living such a carnal lifestyle, I was in a pit. And God saved me from that pit. He pulled me from that pit. He redeemed my life, not just from the pit of going to hell, but the pit of hell that I was living in in those days. God is gracious. He pulled me from the pit and he placed me on solid ground. He redeems us. God's blood paid the price for all of our sins. He pulls us from the pit of despair and destruction and damnation. All of his benefits, forgiveness, healing, salvation, steadfast love and grace. Again, in verse four, the second part, he says he crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Some of you just need to know this today, that you are loved. God delights in you. He sees you and he places a crown of steadfast love on you. Look at verse 8 of our psalm. It says, the Lord is merciful and gracious. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in steadfast love. 
If there's one message that I would want to articulate in my life as a pastor and in this sermon and in every sermon I preach is that, that God loves you beyond your very capacity to even understand. First John tells us that we love because God first loved us. And the more we become aware of and sink into the love of God, the more we have the ability to love our children, to love our wives, to love our husbands, to love our friends, to love our community. Our walk with God is, is rooted in the understanding and receiving of this gracious love. That's why Paul, when he prays for the believers in Ephesians, he says that he prays that they would be rooted and grounded in love, that they'd have the strength to comprehend the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge so that they, so that you, so that I, so that we can be filled with the fullness of God. But how do you know? How do you know that God really loves you? We know because we remember, we look back at the cross, the saving sacrifice of Christ, the greatest display of love ever. God's steadfast love and grace was perfectly and profoundly displayed in the life and the death of Jesus. God loves us so much that he gave us his son. And the promise is whoever places their trust in him would not die, but have everlasting life. The Holy Spirit is inviting you and I to get to know God better, to, to have fun with God, to, to, to realize how much God loves you. God loves you and he desires good for you. The Psalm says in verse five, he satisfies you with good without being intentional. Without simple yet profound reminders, we forget essential truths. And the psalm is telling us that we need to remember his forgiveness, his healing, his salvation, his steadfast love, and his justice. God is a God of justice. God loves justice. He is the father to the fatherless. He is the husband to the widow. We are God's people, and we need to be about justice. We need to stand against oppression of any kind. We need to step into systems of systematic uh, oppression like the broken education system and teach every kid that wants to read how to read. We need to be about rescuing young girls from trafficking because that's about justice and God loves justice. We bless God when we do the things that God is doing. When we experience God's steadfast love, we begin to love others in radical ways and do justice and love mercy. The next several verses of this psalm, David expounds upon God's steadfast, abounding, unconditional, undeserved, gracious, giving love. He says he does not deal with us as we deserve. He says as high as the heavens, so is God's steadfast love. It says he is compassionate. His love is from everlasting to everlasting. His kingdom rules over all creation. And then the psalm comes full circle, almost like parenthetical statements. Verse 22, he says, bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his domain. Bless the Lord Oh, my soul. How do we bless God? By seeing him for who he actually is. 
by expressing back to him his beauty and his grandeur, by working with God and doing the things of God with God on our side. One of the powers of corporate worship is it blesses the Lord. One of the powers of moments of communion is it blesses God because not only do we remember, but we express our gratitude for the life and the death and the resurrection of Christ. Hopefully you had a chance to pick up the cup this week. If you didn't, I just encourage you to go grab some juice, maybe some bread, whatever you want to use to take communion with us. But we have this opportunity to remember because without simple reminders, we forget profound truths. The passage is saying, remember all of his benefits. Remember the cross. Remember his blood shed. Remember his body broken. Remember that Jesus has pulled us from the pit and placed us where we can bear fruit and we can prosper. Communion is just an opportunity for us to remember. It's an opportunity for us to bless the Lord. When Jesus was in that upper room, the very night before he went to the cross, knowing that all of his friends were going to betray him, knowing the pain that he was going to experience. The passage scripture says that he showed them the full extent of his love. And he took the cup, excuse me, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Every time you take it, remember me. The scriptures say in the same way, he took the cup, the cup of sacrifice, the cup that had been passed at the, at the Passover dinner for 1400 years in anticipation of the coming Messiah the cup of sacrifice. And he held that cup and he said, this is my blood shed for you. A new covenant for the forgiveness of sins. Every time you drink it, remember me. Let's drink. Lord, I pray that we would be a people that bless you, that we would remember your steadfast love, that we would remember all of your benefits. Lord, I pray that as we walk with you, as we serve with you, as we come alongside you in our lives, that you would be blessed. May we be a people that bless you. Thank you for your body broken. Thank you for your blood shed. Help us to remember. Help us to walk faithfully with you. Remind us of your love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, there's a number on your screen right now. If you uh, need to, to call in, if there's anything that we can do for you, if you need physical healing, emotional healing, uh, if you're just feeling anxious or stressed, if you're having issues at home, whatever the case, if you call that number, there's somebody right now who's waiting to meet with you, to pray with you, and to be with you. God bless you. Have a great Sunday afternoon.